Welcome, everyone, and welcome to this special edition, bonus edition of Real with Reed. I am Reed Robinette, and I am coming to you from Africa today. And I wanted to get a post out that would give you a, a little sample of what I'm doing here in Africa and, and maybe stir some conversation about um, cross-cultural experiences and uh, and what what the church is doing all, all over the world so thanks for joining me for this bonus episode uh, maybe when i say africa you have very little context for thinking about the continent of of africa you could probably find it on a globe but uh, a couple of years ago i probably couldn't have done much more than that in fact africa has 54 countries uh, on the continent it is the second largest landmass in terms of continents, and it is the poorest uh, continent, um, except for if you consider Antarctica. But uh, of the other ones, it's the poorest by by a wide margin. And uh, there's probably uh, way more reasons for that than we can get into uh, on today's podcast. But um, I had the opportunity um, several years ago, three years ago, to make a, a trip here to Ghana. Ghana is on the west coast of sub-Sahara Africa. Um, it is it used to be known as the Gold Coast, um, and it is a country that was um, freed from the European colonization um, as early as any and has struggled to uh, create a democratic and, um, and a free economy. Uh, but it, all of that is beyond uh, our scope here and, and my experience and expertise for sure. Um, but what has happened is um, a rather interesting expression of the body of Christ. Um, and when I had the opportunity to come three years ago, it was as a partner with uh, Agape Church here in Accra. Accra is the the capital of of Ghana and um, and Agape House Church is is a is a church right in the in Accra on the uh, right side by this uh, where the Ghana University University of Ghana is and just have a tremendous ministry there and and so a small team from our church at Crossroads got to come uh, to Ghana uh, three years ago and. Had planned on coming back, and of course, were delayed by the by the pandemic. Uh, but then and now, it is uh, such a uh, an interesting experience to have a faith community that is not in the same culture um, that you are familiar with. I certainly experienced this in Nicaragua when I've been there, um, even some other places that are that are less remote than Nicaragua and, and Africa. Um, but experiencing uh, a community of faith and a worship service and um, serving in a community that is in a completely different culture um, raises all kinds of, of I think, um, important and challenging um, aspects of of our own faith journey. It's it is at sometimes abundantly clear how we have adopted our own 
cultural preferences and tendencies uh, and incorporated them into the gospel, which certainly couldn't have been uh, the case as the the church began uh, in the Middle East and uh, certainly not Western, certainly uh, not modern in any way. And, and so experiencing a culture that has none of those things uh, is, uh, is revealing in terms of, uh, in terms of your faith. And, and so for, for anyone who hasn't, um, you know, experienced a cross-cultural um, faith experience, I would uh, highly recommend it to you. A couple of, of words on that, though, as you, as you think about that. It, uh, oftentimes, in, at least in the U.S., when we think about cross-cultural missions experiences, uh, there has developed an idea that uh, we have what other people want and need. And so missions becomes us bringing uh, what we have and they don't to them. Um, and th- that, while there might be a grain of truth in that, that is not at all the experiences that, that I've had. Sure, th- there are some resources uh, that we typically have in the U.S. that aren't found in developing world countries. And um, and that's that's fine to, uh, to feel prompted to share those things. I think that's a great thing. Uh, but the, the mindset of uh, we can come in and, um, and give everything that, that someone needs from another culture uh, that they can't provide is often very damaging. And so um, one of the learning curves, um, as I've spent a little bit of time in, in some other cultures serving, is to understand that God is alive and well and at work in every culture in the world and in some way in in some shape or form certainly here in ghana it is easy to see um, that there are vibrant churches there are passionate jesus followers um, that have a lot to teach us about what it looks like um, to follow jesus and to to be the church that he started two thousand years ago and so um, in a cross-cultural experience, it's it's always good to be a listener before you're a talker, and th- that if you can go in with a, a curious um, spirit instead of a privileged spirit, it will go a long way in allowing uh, those from other cultures to build some trust, uh, to create some relationships, relational um, opportunity arises in the midst of that, and and ultimately um, friendship, fellowship. Um, we have certainly more in common with uh, believers of other cultures than we do uh, people of our own culture who have different priorities and and uh, and different ethics than than we do. And so there is a a bond that that's a friendship that that's able to be formed. Uh, One of the pastors of the church here uh, at Agape House is a guy named Pastor Bright, Bright Doe. And um, I like to think that we have a growing relationship. It's been fun to 
to get to know Bright. I saw him three years ago. He uh, has come to the States once or twice. And uh, now to see him again uh, after the birth of his first son and to be able to meet his wife and um, just a, a relationship. They're friends that do ministry here. And and I hope that on some level I can be of, of help to them. But uh, it's certainly not um, in any way because I have something that they don't. Um, it is uh, the ability to, to love and to serve in the midst of a community of faith that has made the relationship so special. And so I, I think about that when we read scriptures like, uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the, to the ends of the earth. And to say that uh, when that vision was given, uh, that the people receiving it understood what the ends of the earth even meant uh, is a stretch. And, and, and even today, uh, that, that can be um, massaged in a lot of different ways. But, but I'll tell you one way that it shouldn't be um, construed is that it's none of our business what goes on anywhere but where we call home. Um, that we are um, inseparably connected uh, in the body of Christ, um, whether we are halfway around the world or halfway around the block uh, with other believers, with other faith communities, um, and especially when they are slightly different or completely different than our uh, tendencies and, and our preferences. Um, it, it's, I believe, our, uh, our job, um, our calling uh, as followers of, of Jesus to be connected um, to them. And, and so um, whether you ever get on a plane and, and come to Africa or not, that's not actually uh, the point. The, the point is uh, that to disregard and to um, ignore the connections that we have in the worldwide church is, is not at all taken into consideration um, the vision that Jesus left us with. And, and the truth is, when you get outside of your culture, you meet uh, the Lord in a very, very different way. Um, there, is, there are things about uh, our faith that just transcend culture, and they become even more powerful uh, when you experience them in that way. I got the chance to to preach uh, this past weekend at the Agape House Church, and um, there was a, a great freedom in it, a great um, uh, weight to it. It felt significant, not because of who I am, but because of who the Lord is and, and the people that I was getting to talk to. Um, so uh, I, I think that there is... Uh, an advantage there uh, for the church uh, for us to reach across what are growingly divided lines um, and, and find common ground uh, within the church. I think it's a, a real win for the kingdom. Um, a couple more thoughts before uh, wrap up this bonus uh, episode. Um, Elizabeth, my wife and I, uh, had the chance to to read a book that was set in Ghana, most of it, about 15 years ago. 
would have never imagined when I read that book that um, that I would actually end up being here at any point. The book is called Jansen's Gift, and it's a story about a, a mom from the Midwest uh, who loses uh, a teenage son. And during her grief and, and mourning, uh, discovers a, a young boy uh, who is enslaved on a, a fishing boat uh, here in Ghana. Uh, lake Volta is the largest man-made lake in the continent of Africa. And there are um, fishing enterprises uh, on that lake, even as we speak um, today, who enslave children um, to... Uh, to be their labor. And uh, Pam Cope, who's the author of this book, Jansen's Gift, um, saw an article, saw an article about um, one of these uh, young boys in the New York Times uh, while she was uh, on a, a Christmas vacation. And uh, she wrote about this uh, prompting, this uh, this challenge that she felt of now that I know that he exists, what am I going to do about it? And I, I recommend the book. Um, if, if you want to dip your toes into um, caring about uh, justice issues in the world and the connectedness of the church around the globe, and, and even to understand a little bit about uh, what's going on in Africa, um, I, would, I would highly recommend that book. It's called Jansen's gift. And it uh, is an amazing story of how a Midwest hairdresser starts a, uh, a ministry that frees slave kids in, in Ghana. She, she jokingly writes at the beginning of the book, she could not find Ghana on a map uh, at, when she read the article. And so if that's you, you're, you're in the same place. And, uh, and I would maybe recommend that book as a, as a next step as you think about cross-cultural ministry. Well, this became a, a full circle moment for us when we found out that uh, the Agape House Church uh, was uh, not only supporting uh, the IJM relief efforts and, and freeing kids from uh, these slavery situations, but they also had uh, what's called the Agape House Children's Home and they had provided and still provide are providing um, care and and a place for for kids to to come and to live and to grow up and uh, to flourish um, after being freed uh, from slavery on these boats and and so part of our team uh, three years ago and and again this year is serving with this amazing team. Uh, that uh, run a, a school and, and a children's home. Uh, and, and many of the kids are from at-risk uh, situations or slavery, and uh, they are given a new home. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to see uh, their the hope in their eyes and uh, their um, just willingness to, to learn and to grow and um, we've been blessed by by being uh, a part of that. So you never know. Uh, when we read that book 15 years ago, we had no idea that we would ever meet a kid uh, who uh, had been 
on one of those boats. It was moving, but we didn't imagine that we would actually be involved uh, in any way. And yet here we are uh, from Ghana with love. I hope this uh, hope this episode is uh, helpful. Hope it stirs some conversation, maybe between you, your friends, your family, or maybe just between you and God. And um, I will uh, pray that it does. And uh, and look forward to opening up a new uh, uh, topic next month on Real Three podcasts and having some interviews and a family roundtable. And I'm going to endeavor to get all of the audio correct uh, next month. Uh, but until then, keep it real. This is Real with Reed. Oh, 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 oh,